0: I'm Levy, I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care, and there's a lexicon of elder care terms on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today we're talking to two of our caregivers at Manchester Living and Cambridge Caregivers um, about what is it like to be a caregiver in today's world. Um, but first, let's start with our new and noteworthy. The relationship between a grandparent and a grandkid is a beautiful thing, and we see it in our business every day. Being, um, being old does not necessarily mean you can't be playful. So this is uh, a video that I saw online and wanted to share it with the viewers. <laughs> love it. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Today, we're talking about a, a day in the life of a caregiver. I've got Anita Muping- Mupingo. Yes. Thank you. Very yes. difficult. And Anthony Wamba. Yes. Thank you for being on the show Thank today. You. Thank you for um, having us. Like I said, in full disclosure, I've never done this before, but these um, wonderful people are on our staff. This is not a promotion for Manchester and Cambridge, but I want to give viewers some insight on what their lives are actually like in the day and a day's work. So thank you for sharing with us today. Of course. Anthony, how did you get into this line of work and what do you find most gratifying about it?
1: Well, I started off in the hotel industry and because they're both service industries, I decided to care more for humans because I have compassion for people and taking care of people. So it was easy for me to slip into this industry.
0: Great, Anita?
2: And for me, when I moved to this country uh, 11 years ago, I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to work in an industry where I could help people. And I was very close with my grandparents growing up. And I think that's the most gratifying part of this job is I see our residents and our clients as my grandparents since I'm so far away from home.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about it being a human business, and it really is a human business. How do we? Um, how do you use technology in our business to help um bring families into the entire care plan of their loved ones, not just through COVID, but just on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, um, thanks to technology, uh, Brian. Actually, we get to have residents and their family members getting uh, real-time communication, like FaceTiming them. Mm-hmm. So if there's an issue, maybe the residents are unhappy, we can immediately call their loved ones so they can talk to them on Face- mm-hmm. uh, FaceTime. And that's quite uh, pleasing to them so it does help them and technology plays a great part in that sure
2: and also for our uh, residents and clients that live at their homes they have cameras in there so they could constantly check on their mom check on their grandma to make sure they're fine and they can even communicate with them through the cameras to say hey did you eat this morning before the caregiver comes in so i think it's a great way to still keep in touch with their family members even when they're out of town
0: Involvement, oversight, connecting. Yes, Correct. yeah, that's great. Definitely, um, I wanted to share a story. I remember when uh, we had a we had a resident who um, loved um, a certain basketball team, mm-hmm. and all she talked about, all of her attire, everything mm-hmm. was a certain basketball team. And one of the caregivers, I think it may have been Mm -hmm. you, dialed up um, a channel on YouTube Mm -hmm. that played that basketball team over and over Mm -hmm. and over again Mm -hmm. all day long. So it's not just FaceTime and Mm -hmm. cameras, but it's YouTube, it's music therapy, therapy. it's um, we use we use it all. Yes, I think that's great for sure. Why is why is using a consistent caregiver play such a role in caring for our elderly community, Anthony?
1: I think the continuity of care is important because most uh, residents would like to see one person that knows what they desire and what they need, who takes care of their daily needs without changing them. So Mm -hmm. they're not off target when they're taking care of them.
2: And also some of our residents, are cognitively impaired and so that helps to see a familiar face and it helps the family members as well when they keep coming to the houses and seeing the same faces they develop a rapport they know us they know anthony they know myself they know you and so there's a certain
0: level of trust yes there's a trust built built with the continuity of care how do you address issues with upset family members that um, that see something on the menu they don't like or they don't like something, the way something was prepared or a sleeping issue? How do you address and communicate with families that are disgruntled?
1: Yeah, actually, we have alternatives. When there's something that the residents don't like, we're always offering something else that they like. Because mostly in the care plans, we have their likes and dislikes. So it's easy to pick up what next we can get for them in case they don't like what we prepared for them. Sure.
2: And it's important to realize that the client is the expert of their life, and they're the expert of their families. But we come in to help them, and it's important to listen to them first before we rush to judgment to say, well, this is how we do things here. It's important to listen to them, be have a listening ear, and uh, understand where they're coming from and meet them where they are. And if it's um, if it's necessary, then we can involve our director of nursing, our management, it's it's important that everybody's on the same page, but we have to make sure we listen to what they're saying to their concerns, and then we can meet them where
0: they are. Great. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw you a curveball. Mm-hmm. That's in the care homes. Let's yes. talk about when you're doing private duty and you're going to someone else's home where they're aging in place mm-hmm. and the family's upset about something. How do you address that?
2: I think it's also important to listen, to listen to their concerns and to be compassionate. Like what Anthony said, we are in this business because we're compassionate and they may be very rational in their concerns, in their complaints, and so it's important to talk with them and then to also educate them that, hey, we are in this line of work because we've been trained by our management or by our nurse, so we know what we're doing. So it's important to educate the families, to sit them down and say, this is what's going on. If it's their family member that's declining, to educate them. But in a very um, compassionate way, instead Mm -hmm. of showing them that maybe trying to, boss over them or making them seem as if they don't know what they're doing because they know what they're doing. Right. But we're all working together. We're all right. in this together. We all want the same thing for their mom, their dad, their grandpa to to age gracefully, to age with dignity. So I think that's building much. a
0: trust and a rapport that's right. where yes. you can say, I've got this. Yes. Adult children find it very difficult to see their parents decline and aging. Right. How do you deal with adult children that want to project their own views or their own ways of wanting to do something when you know it's not right? What's, what's the, what, what approach do you take, Anita? I would, I would you know,
2: first reassure them that um, we are doing our best to care for their mom and their dad. And for them, they put their trust in us. Because if they could do it, they could have kept their mom at home or their mom could have still been living by themselves. But the fact that they brought them to us and they need our help, then we need to have that conversation to say, we are in this together. We can help you, but you need to allow us to help you. Right. And you need to see that this is and we need to be candid to to be mm-hmm. brutally honest sometimes to say, hey, is- Mrs. Smith is, you know, she was doing fine when she moved in, but now she's, you know, declining progressively. And so it's important for them to see that as well and to invite them during dinner time or during toileting time mm-hmm. to for them to see firsthand that, okay, mom is not doing as well as she was before. And so I think for them to see it by themselves and to just explain to them, I think that's important as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Involving the family in yes. the decision to go from solid to pureed food. Yes. Correct. Or from toileting to briefs. Yes. That's yes. right. Instead of just doing it, you involve them in that yes. decision. Exactly, Plan.
2: for sure.
1: Like she has said, I think you have to be candid. To just be honest about the situation. Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: both parties could understand on the way forward. So you yes. can work things out together like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, what do you find? Uh, what do you consider the biggest challenge as a caregiver?
2: I think for me, and I, I think I can speak for Anthony too, is losing our, uh, a resident because we most of them, like uh, at Manchester Care Home, they they live there for. Five, six, seven years, and we're going there 12 hours a day and every day. We build this
1: relationship. We
2: build a relationship, not only with the residents and the clients, but with the family family members. members And we have, I have family members that their parents have passed on but I'm still in communication with them. We go out to lunch, eat, we talk on the phone. You know, we have, we now have established that relationship and yeah. so because of their parents. And so I think that is definitely the hardest part of the job is, you know, having a relationship with people that will eventually um, pass on. So, yeah.
0: It is difficult. Have, have mm-hmm. either of y'all taken advantage of the grief counseling that we've offered to, to any of the staff?
1: I'm looking forward, I missed the first one. I hope there's another coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think grief counseling is really important component service. to Definitely. the entire process. Definitely, um, yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, what is the biggest challenge a family member has posed, Anthony?
1: Well, at some point, one of the family members uh, was asking for some uh, service that was quite challenging because yeah. as much as we were trained and prepared to do it, she had requested us to do a turn and reposition every two hours. And that unfortunately turned out to disadvantage the, re- the resident himself because he couldn't get ample sleep and rest. Mm-hmm. So we sat down together and educated them that it would be better if we prolonged the period a little more so that the resident would get some rest and he effectively would be taken care of through his turning and repositioning. So that was quite a challenge.
0: And you overcame it by communicating with yes, the family Yes, we communicated
1: and we agreed that we should yeah. extend the time and it worked pretty good. That's great. I think
2: mm-hmm. the biggest challenge for me was during COVID when our family members were not um in a position to come and visit their their families that was by far the biggest challenge and so having to explain to them that they couldn't come and visit yeah, time for and again. for yes some of them would actually try to come to the house and we would say I'm we're sorry we cannot let you in at the at this time, but maybe as we you know continue to watch the news, continue to get um, you know, from the CDC, they were constantly updating us. Okay, this is okay. But at the time, I think we went from for about three or four months without any of the family members, and so that was definitely a big challenge. But when you know, whenever there's a challenge, there's also an opportunity. And so that's when we integrated Skyping and FaceTiming and taking pictures of activities, and most of the family members were very, very appreciative of us sending pictures. So this is your mom we did her hair we did her nails and right. she's eating very well and so I think with the challenge also came an opportunity for them to see that we actually did care for their parents I love it mm-hmm. I love it sounds
0: good how do you uh, how do you as a caregiver um, deal with safety issues with a client or a resident um, whether it's a choking hazard or COVID mm-hmm. or Um, a transfer?
2: Mm -hmm. Always ensuring, and thankfully, we always have two caregivers on the floor, and this is, I'm speaking for the Manchester Homes, Um, always two caregivers on the floor, and some houses actually have three, um, but always making sure that the residents are not left by themselves at the table, dining table and we have some residents that are, are full risk so we always have at least two people in there helping them and using gate belts I'm not sure if uh, some family members are aware that we have to use gate belts for some of our residents um, to ensure that we are transferring them safely walking behind some of them that are still uh, that can still walk but still need a little bit of help so walking behind them um, And then also we have cameras in our houses as well to ensure that, um, you know, management is keeping an eye to make sure that, you know, they're being treated well and they're being treated safely. And, you know, we're, you know, we're not, you know, the residents are not being abused. And as far as Cambridge, um, always making sure that, you know, if you're on the job, you're not just sleeping because we've, you know, sleeping or making sure you have your eyes on the client at all times, not being away in the kitchen or doing whatever. You're there to look after the client. So always making sure you have your eyes on them.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think it's so important to stress um, the, the caregiver whether it's in the care homes mm-hmm. or in its if it's uh, off-site site. At, at someone else's home is to really understand the care plan yes, yes. what or what are your duties mm-hmm. and what is needed by the client yes. That's right. so you can address each one
2: yes right. yes yeah. mm-hmm.
0: From the eyes of the adult child with aging parents, what's the first thing an adult child should look for when seeking an assisted living or a caregiver?
2: First they need to identify the need what is it that my mom needs? What is it that my, my dad needs? What is it that my, my grandpa or my grandma needs? And so where we come in is, and I know f- for you, Brian, is you are able to identify that, okay, our caregivers and our staff, our homes are able to cater to your parents' need. And the same goes for, for um, aging in, in, in their homes, are our caregivers trained for that particular training. need? Yes. So Dream training star. is definitely key. And also, um, I think maybe Anthony would piggyback on this. Are don't look at who's around. Don't look at who lives there. Oh, maybe my mom can make friends, but we don't know. We live in a we we work in a line of work where they could pass on in the next couple of days. And so look at the management. How is the company run?
1: The staff. The
2: staff are yeah. the, is the staff happy at the job? Is the staff um, trained enough to take care of your loved one? And so look at the company. If you're going to place your mom or your dad in a with an agency, always do your homework. Make sure that, you know, The staff and resident ratio, we're going to get into it a little bit later, Um, but look at the ratio as well. Is my mom going to have the attention that she needs and the care that she needs? Is she going to have to fight for attention from the caregivers with like 19 other people? Right.
0: So yeah. You know, when I get calls from families and and it happens all the time where they say, well, Dad loves to fish. Do you have any men in your home that like to fish? Mm. Or Dad was in World War II. Do you have any veterans in your home? And as beautiful and as wonderful as that would be for them to have a buddy to talk about Mm -hmm. fishing, you know, my advice to families, don't look at the residents. Not not just in our our care homes, but any facility, anywhere you look. Because cycle of life, that one person that was in World War II or that likes to Mm -hmm. fish or whatever they're going to talk about... Cycle of life. Mm-hmm. They could be there for two days, two weeks, or two months. Mm-hmm. It's about the staff, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really important message to to convey to the, the adult children. It's um, who's who has their hands on your loved ones. Right. No, oh, it's really about yeah. the care. And there's a time and a place. Mm-hmm. There's a time and a place for you know twenty to one mm-hmm. ratio, mm-hmm. and and maybe an independent living where they're going to go to happy hour and they're going to go see movies right. and mm-hmm. they're going to play bridge. And then there's a time for the four yes. to one ratio yes. where it's about the care. Yes. that's right. Right. Makes sense. Anthony, what haven't I asked you that I should?
1: Well, at the end of the day, maybe as a caregiver, people would like to know where I would want to be after all this is said and done. Mm -hmm. And I think having learned to take care of other people, I also would look forward to others taking care of me in the same way I've taken care of other people. So at the end of the day, if I'm a happy person who's taking good care of people, I look forward to a good life.
0: Because I've taken care of good people too. That's a beautiful message. I love that. Anita, what haven't I asked you that I should?
2: Um, I think my message would just be to, you know, children with aging parents that uh, I... Never to feel guilty if they feel like... um, Oh, I failed in taking care of my parents, so now I have to incorporate other resources to take care of my parents. I think that it's necessary to just ensure and to assure them that they haven't failed. They shouldn't feel guilty because I've, you know, met some family members that have felt guilty for placing their moms in our care in the care of strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, you know, we need to always reassure them that. That's right. It's this is the best decision that they could have made, placing their mom in a in a in an assisted living or having a caregiver take care of them in their home. And so I think that's that's something that I just wanted to you know put out there that it's it's you didn't they didn't fail. They shouldn't feel guilty. Yeah, they
1: should actually trust that we're well trained in Manchester yes. to take care of the loved ones.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is uh, this has been impactful for me. I'm yeah. so grateful. I like to have people on on the show that are thought leaders and industry experts and I could mm-hmm. not have picked a better pair. So thank you thank both you. for being Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the nugget portion of this um, episode. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. We're going to we're going to we're going to get real. And I was I was very moved by a story that I saw in the news over the weekend. I just want to share this with you. Um, I want to take a moment to honor and to mourn the loss of a man who was losing his independence and lost his life on a day on, on a, on of all days Independence Day. Nicholas Toledo, a 69-year-old grandfather visiting family, killed in a Highland Park mass shooting. He was the one who saved all of our lives, his granddaughter said. He used a walker and figured there would be no large crowd gathered to watch the parade floats, and he didn't want to go to the parade. But his family didn't want to leave him home alone. So on Monday morning, they walked over to the parade site together and he was killed. Um, may he and the other victims rest in peace. Terrible. He has notes. <sighs> All right, let's move on to the lightning round. This is an opportunity for the viewers to get to know you guys in a non clinical, non professional <laughs> way. Yes, let's so, go. Who's Anthony? Who is Anita? Yes. All right, you ready? Let's, yes. let's do, make it lightning. Okay. All right. Uh, Anthony, where were you born and raised? Lusaka, Zambia.
2: Bulaway, Zimbabwe.
0: How far away are your We're neighbors, actually. Yeah. You're neighbors. We're
2: cousins.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <Really? laughs> no, our oh. countries are cousins.
0: <laughs> uh, Anthony, how many siblings do you have? I have four siblings. I have two brothers. What do you miss about home? I miss the people and the food. The people and the food. All right. (laughs) How long have you lived in America? 13 years now. 11 years. 11. Mm
2: -hmm. It's a long
0: time. Favorite American food? Hot dog.
2: Yeah. Hamburgers and fries. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Strangest American tradition or custom?
1: The Amish are pretty The Amish are fascinating, aren't they? Anita?
2: I guess the fireworks on 4th of July, it's, it's the correlation between that. Yeah? Yeah, it's
0: kind okay. of strange. <laughs> uh, karaoke, yes or no? Yes.
2: Yes, definitely. Yes, both of you.
0: Um, iPhone or Android? iPhone.
2: Android, all the way.
0: If you could be a contestant on Survivor, would you go and would you win? Nah. Never, I'm a city girl. City girl, okay. Yes. Proudest <laughs> career accomplishment?
1: I'm being nominated for a tour in Africa after my accomplishment as a hotel management graduate.
2: Mm-hmm. Graduating with my social work degree with the help of the company. I
1: love it, mm-hmm. thank you. Advice <laughs> for
0: people who want to be a caregiver?
1: This job is about compassion and empathy, and you have to have a heart of other people to do this job. So get ready with that.
2: And this job is actually really fun. Imagine spending your day with 90, 100-year-olds and yeah. just learning from them. Lots so of wisdom. You get lots of wisdom. You gain lots of wisdom. So it's definitely a fun job. Yeah.
0: It is an honor to work with you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> it's an honor to work with you.
0: Thanks for watching today. If you want to watch this episode or past episodes, you can dial up Manchester Living Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Facebook, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Uh, in closing, if there's anything ever I if there's ever anything I can do for you, feel free to reach out directly.